Johnson is scared of the puck. I mean, he should be, given how many times he scored directly into the Penguins' net. But, like... Honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome back, everyone, to Where's My Stick? I'm Danielle. I'm Christy. And I'm Kelsey. Yay, Yay. Kelsey's back! (laughs) I'm so happy to be back. We're so happy you are back. (laughs) And our listeners are probably like, oh my god, thank god. (laughs) No. Like, we are sick of them. The listeners are like, who is this? Oh no, no. (laughs) They're like, our favorite. She's back. The same. It makes sense. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm excited. I feel like I've missed a lot in the hockey world. You know what? So did we. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's like jump right into, I wouldn't say this was like the biggest thing that happened, but it definitely sparked some controversy on Twitter. It was the comments that Dan Carcillo made about an article that like featured, um, Paul Bissonnette and the article it was um it was from the the Globe and Mail and it said the power of Paul Bissonnette how a former tough guy became the most influential person in hockey which right there is like all right the (laughs) most influential person in hockey that's a stretch but I mean I don't know if anyone read the article but basically it just talks about how like Bissonnette is like family friendly and he works with uh, organizations or brands such as like Road Hockey to Cure Cancer, the NHL, and all while like maintaining grit to entertain hockey bros who like to mouth off on lines, fans who want to keep fighting in the game. So (laughs) just not my type of article per se, but... I think they talked about some pretty, like, they talked about Paul genuinely, and um, Dan Carcillo just, like, retweeted it and, like, just said... something along the lines of, like, um, they're saving face in lieu of, like, the Don Cherry and then the the Roenick, the Jeremy Roenick firing, and that's why they're propping up um, Bissonette to kind of, like, groom him to taking those those guys' places, basically. Okay. Yeah. That's what Carcillo was saying. I and I I mean, honestly, I think that's really that's true though. Like Paul Bissonnette, I guess, saw that. And I don't even think that Car- Carcillo tagged Paul, but somehow he saw um and just like went on this Twitter rampage of saying, like, remember when you called me a racial slur every day in Wilkesbury? Um, remember when you had like a swastika embroidered on your robe um, until, like, someone, whether the captain found out and talked sense into you. Um, and then he, like, continued to say, like, the really disgusting stuff that Carcillo used to do. And then Carcillo said, you know, he, like, responded and was like, I, like, tried to apologize to you over text and in person, like, years ago. And, you know, I, like, I don't, like, I acknowledge that I was, like, a pretty crap person. And so <laughs> Twitter went crazy. There were, like, two sides of, like, you know, the Barstool boys just harassing Dan and, like, trying to, like, 
invalidate what he has said and what he continues to say. And then there's like kind of another type of like the other half of the fan base kind of like, well, you know, Dan said that he was racist. He said that he was homophobic. He said all these things. He acknowledged it. And he, from our knowledge, publicly, publicly apologized and apologized to those that he has, has hurt. So I don't know. The whole thing was just like really intense, especially when Carcillo then um, tweeted out the fact that like he had police um, watching his house because people, he was getting death threats. He was getting threats against his family. And it was just, it really was like, it went from zero to 100, like so many messages that he was getting. And he was like posting some of them and, um, biz like I guess DM'd him or I don't know who started the DM but Carcillo posted some of it and um and it was just like biz kind of freaking out about like as if Carcillo was trying to attack him yeah I I mean maybe it was different seeing this like come out in real time I missed it but um like looking at what Carcillo had initially written the very first thing where did Paul Bissonnette, like, come from? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> I didn't find what Carcilla wrote, like, that inflammatory that it would respond, that, like, Paul Bissonnette would be like, ugh. Yeah. But, like, that's the thing is that, like, Paul, he, like, attacks anyone. Like, he... Yeah, that's true. Anytime, that's true. Like, it's, like, if he's tagged or if he's not, it's really weird. And he knows, like, when you have, like, a backing of people that, like, will just do hor- like you know obviously harass anyone like you just say whatever you want and I definitely feel like that's the case for Bissonette yeah because the barstool people like come out full force yeah. it's crazy I, I feel like uh Bissonette was taking personal something that Dan Carcillo said like in general like I feel like D- mm-hmm. Carcillo never yeah. like attacked like Biz and his character or whatever but he was kind of just saying like he was coming out with like the whole systemic thing of how like maybe perhaps Barstool and like these people that the media prop up kind of perpetuate a toxic culture in hockey and how like because like Biz is very much like a boy's boy or whatever like all the players like him because he's one of them and like he kind of perpetuate the whole like toxic masculinity thing that we're going that we're, that, that you know hockey yeah. is about and then I think Carcillo he mm-hmm. was kind of like saying like oh he might be like the new face of that not coming for biz in general but coming at the culture and I feel like mm-hmm. Bissonette just took it personally because like yeah like yeah you would take it personally if like you're kind of like on the come up and then this guy who's basically the same as you when you guys were playing he kind of has, like, a holier than, I think, Biz feels like he has, like, a holier than thou. Like, oh, like, I've, like, elevated above you, like, mentally and spiritually. And Biz is just like, what the fuck? Like, we used to be the same. So I, that's, that's, what, that's, how, that's how I'm seeing it on his side. Like, he's kind sure. of like, yo, like, what the fuck? Like, I'm just doing, like, I'm just doing my job. Like, why are you attacking me? And, like, Carcillo's, like, it's not about, it's not about you. It's about, like, (laughs) it's about the culture. But, like, yeah, I do think that, like, because, I don't know, I feel like Vizinet is so, like, sensitive. Like, everything he's saying is so sensitive. Like, even through, like, the text message, he sent, like, such a long, like, text message, like, 
oh, like, people are attacking you. Like, that's not cool. I never meant for them to do that. But, like, you have to understand where I'm coming from. Like, you've attacked me, like, so many times in the media, and I've told you to stop. And it's just, like, he, he's not, like, he's not saying anything bad about you. He's not saying that, like, oh, Paul Bissonnette is the worst person in the world. Like, nobody hire him. He's he's saying that, like, um, you guys are using him as um, the face of this toxic, the toxic masculinity that we have perpetuating hockey culture, and that's not cool. Um, so yeah, and I didn't like how, um, Biz brought up stuff that Carcillo, like, obviously seemed like he genuinely apologized for, and he genuinely, like, is trying to move forward from, and, like, bringing that out to try to get him canceled, when it's just, like, people get canceled for anything nowadays, but it actually seems like Carcillo is trying to, like, change and be a better person and actually impart change and just to, like, bring this out to um to um smear so kind of like like destroy his image is like a really shitty thing to do and that was pretty intentional and i'm not a fan of that like i can see how business feelings are hurt but like i don't i don't see the the need to kind of i don't know yeah i i definitely agree with you and that's a really good point um that you brought up christy I mean, I, like, on one side, like, I completely get why Biz is mad. Because, like, yeah, Carcillo didn't at Biz at all. And, like, you're right. He was kind of just talking about the system as a whole than specifically Biz. But I just was, like, thinking, like, if someone, like, back in the day called me an N-word and then, like, apologized for it and just, like, kind of, like, came came at me, like, while I was, like, trying to get my money... I would be, I would be upset. Like, you know, I, they apologize for it, but I'm still upset that they did call me that. So like, I'm not gonna, like, it's not all smooth sailing from here. Right. I don't know. That's just me. But so I can, to a degree, like I get why Biz is upset, but then I know that it's mostly because like, it's not that, like, it's not that Biz is still mad at that. It's because that he's he thinks it's interfering with his money yes yes i think if carcillo never said anything about like um how they put they're putting like business face blah 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 whatever on like the new media person i think he would have never said that like i don't think he would have ever like been like oh yeah you used to call me this this and this i feel like he's only doing it because now it, it can potentially like impact him and like, where he wants to go, because, like, yeah, obviously, he wants to be on NBC or Hockey Night in Canada. That's way more money than what Barstool can provide for him. And um, Carcillo, whatever, saying that can probably impact that. So, yeah, I would, I see why he would do that. But it's also, like, I don't know. I don't, I feel like um, nowadays when people cancel, when people want to cancel people, they cancel them and that's it. There's never, there's never room for people to grow. But I feel like Carson, well, this is all just me guessing. Like, I don't know who he is behind closed doors, obviously. But I feel like Carcillo, he's really trying and he's really actually, like, changed from when, from who he was when he made those comments and said all those, like, racist stuff. So I feel like just bringing that up to try to, like, cancel him and not acknowledge the growth, his growth or whatever is really shitty. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I mean, yeah. 
I've never had anyone call me the N-word and apologize, so I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, but it's also like, yeah, I don't know, I feel like he's, yeah, he's, he's walking, he's talking the talk and he's walking the walk, so. I definitely think that with Cars- Carcillo, and that's the thing, like, with Biz, like, I don't know, one other thing that rubbed me the wrong way is that, like, Biz... I don't know. Like, so many people tried to make it. And I don't think that this is, like, Biz doing. Like, he didn't make it. Like, I guess he kind of did. But, like, he didn't make it, like, a... I don't know. I just feel like... I don't like when people make... Like, use race when it's convenient for them. Yes. Like, you don't do anything for the NHL... for Or for people of color in the NHL... And or they're fans of color, mm-hmm. but like now when it's like when someone co- you think comes at you, and you want to bring up stuff, but like you didn't talk up like when Akima Lou came up and talked about being called the N word, like you never spoke up, you never was like, oh yeah, yeah like that happened to me. So that like, would have been a but good when it's time convenient to for you, you're bringing it up. I'm just yeah, I'm just skeptical about that. I mean, I don't think that Biz is sincere at at all, um, you know, so why would he? But it's just very, hmm. Yeah. It's just a little, uh, like, I'm a little suspect of that, so. I just think maybe he's, like, Biz is trying to discredit someone who's trying to discredit him to, like, null and void it out so that he's, you know, saves space. I don't think Crystal was discrediting him, though, because I do think, like, no, I don't either. But, yeah, but like you said, Biz is sensitive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe he thought yeah, he was. That's true. So I don't know. I get very like I don't know, I feel like when people are um I'm not mixed, so like obviously like I don't know this, but I feel like when people are mixed and they're like white passing, like it's very like identity for them is very, very tricky. Cause you like you know what I mean? Cause I was talking, I was talking, yeah, yeah. I was talking about this with um Pacioretty. Yes, I wasn't talking with Pacioretty, but like with Pacioretty yesterday, <laughs> like with Pacioretty yesterday, like he's half, I guess he's like part Mexican, but like you know, like do you like in the NHL where almost everyone is white and like you're white passing? Do you want to like highlight that and like make it a big deal, or do you want to try to like um I don't know like blend in or whatever so like you're not different. And then people are just, like, compared, like, compared, like, Patches to Matthews or whatever. And how, like, Matthews, like, he's already different, so he can already kind of be, like, he can embrace that side more compared to, like, a Pacioretty or, like, a, a Biz, who's, like, they're from Canada and, like, they don't want to be any more different than anybody else, even though they already are. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm on a tangent. But anyway, I, th- I think about that a lot. But yeah, I don't know yeah. where I was going. I, I do think that there is an identity, not crisis, but there is like identity issues, issues with um with mixed race people, especially when they're white passing, um, and like you know I I don't know, but I'm assuming that you know either side you never really feel comfortable, yeah, like, because if if you are around white people, they're like, oh, well, you're not all white, you know, or, and you're around black people, you're like, oh, well, you're not all black. You're not actually black, you know, but it's, so it's just like hard to find where you fit in and, and like, 
Carcillo released like a video talking about giving a little bit more context. We don't know if this is right or wrong. I mean, obviously it's it's from him, so he's going to try to make himself oh, look a racist piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and he was saying how like in the locker room, Biz would call himself that of the N word, and he would talk. Biz would talk about his mom. So like based on what Dan said, he was saying that he felt like it was okay to say that because Biz was saying that about himself. He was very, like, making jokes about himself. And so I'm not saying that's okay. I'm not saying that just because Biz said that it's okay to do that. I'm just saying that, you know, Biz definitely has some issues that he needs that about, like, you know, being a person of color or, and you know, or being a mixed race. Um, you know, and maybe he felt like he needed to do that to survive. We don't know how it is or how it was for him. And and now it's a lot different than what it was back then. Um, so, and even though we sit there and say that NHL does like bare, the bare minimum for people of color and for players of color, it's a, like they literally did nothing like 10 years ago. So that's, I mean, that's definitely something to think about. Overall, it's just, this came out of nowhere. <laughs> it just felt like, I was like, oh, who's playing today and then bam everyone's like oh did you see these comments one thing we actually didn't put in the outline for today's uh, episode um was everything that happened with jeremy roenick <laughs> so he's like gone from nbc yeah, yeah. yeah i think yeah. so um yeah. do you guys have any comments on how he handled that what happened? <laughs> okay, so like rundown. So he he goes on spitting chiclets, and oh. then he basically oh. says that he even has a threesome with his wife and the other host, Catherine Tappen. Um, and then yeah, I guess that got oh, back no. to NBC, obviously. And then they relieved him of his duties, and then yeah, <laughs> they relieved yep. him of his duties, and then he got fired. No. Yeah, well, so, like, in the middle of this, so, obviously, you know, every time a Spit and Chicklets episode comes out and there's, like, a big name guest, um, people, like, people tweet out, like, what was said. And so when it was when it was brought to yeah. light that he said that he would have, like, he said those, like, gross things about his coworker, which at the time he still worked for uh, NBC. Yeah. Everyone was like, well, I won't say everyone. Every girl I saw was like, what the fuck? Like, that's disgusting. And then I saw a lot of, like, guys being like, yo, that's, like, really messed up. And then I saw a ton more guys say, like, that's oh, that's fine. It's just a joke. Like, it's fine. They're friends. It's just a joke. She knows it's a joke. Then she comes out and makes a video and she's yeah. like, yeah, was not. I didn't like that. That was that was really, that put me in a very uncomfortable position. Because, like, he didn't just Ew. talk about how, like, He'd sleep with her in a threesome. He talked about, like, how good-looking she was, like, how, like, her body, the way she dressed. Like, it was kind of... It was gross. It wasn't kind of. It was gross. Yeah. So, yeah. So then, like, obviously, NBC, they kind of split ways. But then um, a couple of... Like, maybe a couple of days ago, um, they just, like, announced that, like, yeah, no, he's not coming back. And then he released a video. And he, at the time, he apologized before, like, when he was still with NBC. But since ever since, like, it was announced he was fired, he's le- released a video and was like, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, bullshit. <laughs> um, but don't worry. Like, it's their loss. I'll be bigger and better. Um, 
and I'll be in newer things and you you'll see more I, I, this isn't the last of me and I was just like these men like the guillotine right now like we need to get we yeah. need to get it like done. coronavirus come on hurry like we just like, <laughs> it's it's too much that's like I mean how could you even like say that not that okay it's horrible anyway but like how would you feel comfortable as a man like even saying that like to your, about your wife like <laughs> these men are gross like in front I'm, of them even i for sure know that these like back in the day how uh back in the day hockey players would cheat on their wives no problem so like to say oh yeah and for them to say nash like nasty stuff about uh their co-workers and their wives on air or recorded um yeah i definitely yeah. think that's that's no they don't see the problem with it like, why would you, like i feel like that's like the downside of, of spitting chiclets like the players get so comfortable and like they give you gems but like this was not a gem we did not need this <laughs> we did not need this at all <laughs> like that's that's the thing though like so i i'm not gonna lie when I first got into hockey, I, I listened to Spinning Chicklets. But then when I realized, like, what they were about and what Barstool was about, I stopped. But the the thing about Spinning Chicklets that is just, like, so fascinating is because the hockey players do get so comfortable. And they say stuff they normally would never say to anyone else. And it just, like, this situation, like, <laughs> you just got way too comfortable. And, yeah, <laughs> it just, wow. So I wonder if they have like I don't know I don't I don't know if anybody else was on their podcast since up. then but um, I don't really I have no idea I'm not don't I'm kind of surprised that Ronick was never like they said they like that was just talk they were gonna cut it like, you know I mean it <laughs> he doubled down he was like yeah that's so gross. <laughs> That's that sucks because like it's so hard in like hockey oh, media for women yeah. in general, and then yeah. to have like that's gross. It's so, like I don't even know like in that position what I would do. Like I don't even like men in my office to like I hold the like door open for me. me. I'm always just like, oh no. <laughs> so are we good to move on from Dan Carcillo, Paul Bissonnette, Jeremy Roenick spinning? Do you think that the um? <laughs> Do you think that they'll put like biz biz on um like um NBC? Because honestly, I think Probably. he's better than um, Jeremy Roenick. He, like he would be better in, than Jeremy Roenick in that role of like doing wacky stuff and getting players to talk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they already have. Oh well, they, that's the NHL having him do stuff mm-hmm. at like media day with the players and they like release it. So I could absolutely see them say and some doing that. Um, puck soup. I, they were joking, but, um, with, uh, what's his name? Wyshynski. Yeah. Um, he was like, yeah, Paul Bissonnette should do it. And then the other guys were like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. And it seems like <laughs> wish was right. <laughs> okay. That's all I have to say. Okay. So, Surprise, surprise, another episode, another coach fired. 
this time. It's oh, my boy like Bruce. Him. Bruce Boudreaux. I am. I do like him. Oh, I like him so much. Um, he was fired on Valentine's Day. That was so crazy. From the Minnesota Wild. Thanks to Billy Guerin. What are you doing, bud? Bruce was the head coach of the Wild since um, the start of the 2016-2017 season. And in that time, they are his record is 158, 110, and 35. And the Wild went to the playoffs twice. And this is one of the reasons why I love Bruce. Because like he is so... His quotes are just like hilarious. So he said, it was funny because Bill came in and he shut the door. And as soon as he shut the door, I knew. You just know, right? He said, I'm going to make a change. And and I, meaning Bruce, said, are you firing me? And just like that. I love Bruce <laughs> I love him so much. He's- this is insane. I mean, actually, I don't know. For me, I think it's insane that they do it right now, but I thought that the Wild needed to fire their coach because Bruce is a good coach that should te- that should coach a good team, and the Wild are not. Uh, a good team. They're not a good team. They're a very hardworking team, though. Um, and I feel, yeah, but I think that's Bruce's yeah, system. Yeah, sure. Um, I know that when they. <laughs> when they um <laughs> when they made the trade that we're gonna talk about later, I know Bill Guerin he came out and said just because like we made this trade that doesn't mean that like you know we're giving up like if like more trades are gonna come like if people don't work hard so I feel like because I think they were kind of in the hunts at at that time I don't know about now now no um I mean I guess there are a couple games that. Actually, well, they're so, kind of in the hunt. So, in the time of the firing, well, that's what I was saying. Like in the time of the firing, the Wild were seven three and one in their last eleven yes. games. Yeah, that's not bad. That's good. Yeah, that's so not maybe bad. Garen is just like, no, we need to blow it up. Is this Garen's first year? Th- as it, this, yeah. Okay, maybe he's I like panicking. Maybe he just wants his Ooh. guy. I don't know who. Who <laughs> Mike Babcock. Yeah, who's this guy? <laughs> Jacques Martin. Oh, no. What's the, what's the assistant oh, name? That yes. <laughs> Mark Recky. <laughs> Mark Recky. <laughs> oh, take him. Take him. I don't that, care. Did they play together? <laughs> they had to have. That old nine team? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. They were there yeah. with Sid They would have oh, overlapped. That's so oh, funny. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't get why he Bruce was fired, but um, I think that Adam Lambert tweeted out, like, as soon as it happened, he was like, there's at least five teams that should fire their coach right now to hire Bruce Boudreaux. Maybe and Toronto, he's maybe. right. Oh. Maybe he'll go Seattle to has Seattle. a lot of people. Oh, I want him to teach a good Seattle. team. Seattle do you think could he'll, be good. Do you think he'll um, become assistant coach with Mike yeah. Sullivan? When Mark Recky leaves? Sure, yeah. that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, that would be like, I would love it. Oh, poor Bruce. Yeah. On Valentine's Day, too. I know. I mean, he still gets paid. Yeah. He's like, he looks like he's he a millionaire. Money. So, not too, not yeah. technically poor. Um, but he's just like a cute little Humpty Dumpty man, and I just feel so bad for him. 
All right, let's move on to some trades because there's been a ton as we approach the trade deadline. So the Kings trade Tyler Toffoli to Vancouver in exchange for Tim Schaller, Tyler Madden, and a 2020 second round pick. Um, they get a conditional fourth round pick, and the condition is um, if Tyler Toffoli re-signs with the Canucks. Uh... So right now they only have one pick, and that's the 2020 second round pick. What did oh, you guys think of this that's trade? That's a lot for Tyler. Okay, um, that's a lot for Tyler Toffoli for a team that might not make the playoffs. Hmm. I mean, I think Vancouver is actually in a pretty decent spot. I mean, the Pacific is all is like up in the air. But after this pick was made, or after this this went through, we found out that Brock Besser is actually out. I think for yeah. the rest of the season. So they really needed Toffoli to like supplement his production. Um, if they want to stay but in the playoffs. They're losing picks. They already don't have their first-round pick. They gave to Tampa, and then now their second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hope they make the playoffs. Um, yeah, Jim Benning, like, he went in, he went all in this this year for to make the playoffs, because I think that if they didn't, if they don't make the playoffs, he's fired, mm-hmm. so. Um, okay, so the Kings also made another trade, and that was Alec Martinez went to Vegas in exchange for a 2020 second round pick and a 2021 second round pick. Alec Martinez, two, two second round lot. picks. <laughs> no conditions no and no salary no retained. No. So they're going to have to move someone out, I think. That's a um, Because Vegas has been right against the cap. Since they started. That's a lot for Alec Martinez. And I don't think he's to be honest. Well, he's handsome. Is he? I don't... I've seen seen some pictures. Uh, I know, we're like all... Yeah, I don't know if I can trust (laughs) you right now. Um, He has a handsome Depends on. Uh, I can see it. He's he, hockey handsome. Uh, no, some. He looks very. He looks very dead behind the eyes. It depends on his hair. You know, if you were playing for the Kings, I think you would you would look a little dead. <laughs> <laughs> this is wild. It's true. Just as a survival mechanism. It, true, it truly Literally, depends on what his hair looks like. Enough. If he's having a good hair day, I can see it. But if it's not, like, I... Okay. I think that's fair. But, I I mean, you know, that could be said about anybody. So, the Sens got in on the training. And they traded Dylan DeMello in exchange for a 2020 third-round pick. Dylan oh, to the DeMello, Jets. To the Jets. He went to the Jets. Okay. So, yeah, the Suns traded Dylan DeMello to the Jets in exchange for a 2023rd round pick. Any thoughts? Apparently he's Heads good. empty? Oh, well, that's good. Winnipeg needs uh, that. Yeah, is Winnipeg okay? Uh, no. Hmm. No. Okay. Okay. Just checking that's a, in. That's a good question, Kelsey. That's a, that's a really good <laughs> They're still hanging um, on, though, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. hey, the what are they in the central? All right, they're they're, giving some they're props. right outside the playoffs, right outside, almost yeah. there. Um, they have time. The Sharks traded um, Brendan Dillon to the Caps and retained fifty percent salary salary 
in exchange for a 2020 second round pick and a 2021 conditional third round pick. And the condition is if the Caps win the the Cup in 2020, then the... 2021 third round pick will become a 2020 third round pick that the Caps got from Arizona. So that's a little, you know, that's definitely, I wouldn't say cocky, but they're a little confident. Like, oh, if they win the cup, like, <laughs> excuse you? Um, d- like, did the Caps even need anything? Like, I-, I feel like they just made this trade just to, like, make it. Like, are they, Um. Yeah. No, the Caps have been bad defensively. Oh, oh. They, they have been pretty bad. They yeah. should have stayed that way. Their record, I'm, I'm like wondering when's the last time the Caps won a game. Oh, yes. That's so. I have the standings right here. So the Caps are, in their last 10, they are 4-6-0. Um, oh, love that for them. I really do. So, yeah. I mean, this was a good pickup. I, I've heard how good Brendan Dillon is. And, I mean, he was playing with Carlson, so he can eat up some minutes. That's good. All right. So we are not done. There's still more. <laughs> uh, Marco Scandella. Uh, the Habs traded Marco Scandella to the Blues, retaining 50% in exchange for a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 conditional fourth-round pick. The conditions are... Montreal will receive a 2021 fourth round pick if St. Louis re-signs Scandella before October 7th of 2020 or if St. Louis wins two playoff rounds and he plays in at least half of the games. Wow. (laughs) Some of these conditions are like wild. It's like you... Yeah. (laughs) They're very specific. Um, I mean... These are two teams that I really have no opinion on. I mean, on. I guess the Habs, they finally realize that they will not make the playoffs, and then they're just um, collecting <laughs> as many picks as they can, which, whatever, that's fine. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so Blake Coleman, the Devils traded him to Tampa in exchange for Nolan Foote and a 2020 conditional first-round pick that Tampa got from Vancouver. The conditions um, are if the Canucks do not make the, the playoffs, then the 2020 first round pick will be transferred or will transfer over to a 2021 first round pick instead. Mm, I don't know. Devils, I don't know if you should have. Yeah, that's a good condition for, for Tampa. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a really good. I mean, to be fair, though, Nolan Foote is a good yeah. prospect. Well, and then his brother was also a Tampa prospect, so that kind of sucks. Tampa doesn't care. Like, they don't care. Like, they will split up family. Up. Kids, so. <laughs> no, they, they don't do it. <laughs> I'm hey, not lying. They, like, I'm literally telling and you. And they split me from Chris Kunitz. So. Um, that was Chris Kunitz's. I mean, technically, that was probably Jim Rutherford. But... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was going to say, well, I think Pittsburgh was first. Um, the Devils, I'm sorry, they made one more um, move. They traded their captain, Andy Green, to the New York Islanders in exchange for David Quinville and a 2021 first-round pick. So here we see an in-division trade. Oh, I... Oh. No, I, I no. It was just like, oh, that's interesting. You don't know Not like that. Not like that. Like, Louise. What is this trade? Like, what? Like, who whoops are these people? They... The Islanders need forwards who can score. No, well, so they the Islanders just lost their top defenseman. Like, he's out oh. for the rest of the season, so they needed a defenseman. Yeah, and Andy waived his no-trade clause yeah, to, to play far. for Lou, so. 
Yeah. No. It probably yeah, doesn't have to move, like, move his house. Retire after this year and then call it a day. Go back to New Jersey. I mean, he never left. <laughs> um... So we see the ca- the Kings making another move. This was actually earlier in the, the month. Um, they traded Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford to the Leafs in exchange for Trevor Moore and a 2020 third-round pick from Columbus um, that the Leafs got from Columbus and a 2021 conditional third-round pick. Uh, the conditions on the 2021 third-round pick upgrades to a second-round pick if Clifford resigns with the Leafs or if the Leafs make the playoffs this season and Jack Campbell wins six regular season games. Weird <laughs> conditions. He has it's, to win the game. I feel, I feel like that's such little games, but like the Kings were like, you're not going to play him and y'all are terrible defensively. So he's not going to win these games. So. Honestly, I'm very surprised that the Leafs gave up. Trevor Is he good? Moore. Really? He, he, yeah, he was really good for them. I mean, he was still young and, like, still learning and developing, but he was, like, a, a good depth guy. As a forward or a defenseman? Why do you ask me hard questions? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Kelsey, I was like, yeah, Kelsey like, what go. Because I was thinking that, too. I'm going to guess he's a forward. Yeah, I was thinking he was a forward, too. Because I don't think that the Leafs have any defensemen to trade. Yeah, that's fair. Because um, <laughs> Morgan Riley's out. Uh, he is? Yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah. They've been... uh, the Leafs. They've been going through it. It's what they deserve, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Please, everyone remember that Kelsey is our the resident Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's crazy. But why not? they haven't traded for a defenseman? They've made all these trades, yet none for a defenseman. They just did something no a second idea. ago. Oh, but he's also a forward. So. Yeah, they got another <laughs> forward. Well, maybe to like kick the other forwards and be like, "Hey, you guys aren't working hard enough. Like, I'll replace you with this guy." Yeah, maybe. All right, let's get to the last one on our list and probably the most important one. So, Jason Zucker was traded from Minnesota to Pittsburgh in exchange for Alex Galchenyuk, Kalen Addison, and a 2020 conditional first-round pick. The conditions are if, um, or the condition is if Pittsburgh misses the 2020 playoffs, then Pittsburgh has an option to send their 2021 first-round pick instead. What did you guys think of this this trade? Jason Zucker. I'm happy Jim Rutherford finally got the man that he wanted because he's been after this guy for like, I feel like a year and a half now. <laughs> but I'm sad to see Kalen Addison go. I'm sad to see Alex Galchenyuk go, even though like it wasn't working out. It really wasn't. But I'm sad to see him go. And Addison, like he was a good defensive prospect. But I feel like Joseph, Theo Joseph might have um, leapfrogged him a little bit in the, in the Kessel trade. But yeah. I like both of these people, but Jason Zuck has been so good. He's been yeah. so good. So, yeah. Plus, he has so much time on his contract still. I'm like, that's yeah. kind of a steal for the next few years. Yeah. Especially, like, what they gave up. I definitely agree. Like, Gauchenyuk just didn't work out in Pittsburgh, and that sucks. It sucks because he was working um, so hard. 
He was working so hard, and I forget who tweeted this out, but they were like, I've never seen someone work so hard and get so little in return for, like, all the hard work that he puts in. And um, it kind of just, like, reminded me a little bit of Olimata, who, like, could stay after and, like, work so hard and, like, just just couldn't get, like, the luck that he needed. Um, And then Kalen Addison is a really good prospect. I don't know if I would say that he jumped P.O. Joseph, but I think that it, with the emergence of Marino and, Jose, uh, and Joseph, um, it kind of makes losing Addison hurt a little less. I'm happy that they didn't give up any of the forwards. And I'm thinking of, I'm blanking on the two Penguins prospects that they drafted last year. Um, but they're, they've both had really good seasons. So Addison is a really good defenseman. I think that he's more offensive than Joseph because from what I've heard, Joseph is like a defensive defenseman um, that people were saying like kind of like a Brian Doomlin, but he just needs to gain more weight because he's very skinny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like it sucks to see Addison leave. It yeah, really does. Yeah. Um, but we knew that first round pick was going to go oh, yeah. anyway because Jim loves to trade first round picks. So, Do we think the Penguins are done? I would hope so. I think it depends on the injury, like any more injuries. I don't think they have that much cap space, but yeah. But you never know with with Jim. I think I don't. I don't necessarily think. Actually, I don't think this is going to happen at all. But I saw someone say it, and I think that is an interesting idea: is trading Justin Schultz, <laughs> depending on Dumo's timetable. I think that you know what if Marino never got hurt. Trading Justin Schultz looks like a very mm. good option, but yeah. with Marino out, like you really like you just can't, like even with Dumo coming it coming back, like your top your top four just looks a little weaker with him out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, especially with the Penguins, like you can never trust them to stay healthy. So Dumo comes back, someone else probably gonna <laughs> be like, "All right, guys, I'm gonna head out." Like <laughs> it's my they, turn. <laughs> Yeah, like, okay, you guys are back. Dumo's back. He played one game. All right. (laughs) You know, so. Um, But I think that, I thought that trading Justin Justin Schultz made sense before, like, all the injuries happened on defense. Yeah. So some names that we didn't see traded, um, or some names that are being, like, whispered around the league is Chris Kreider, Pavel Buznevich, um, and then J.G. Pajot. Do you guys have any guesses to who um, might be interested in them? Oh. Um, I've heard that um, Boston might look at Chris Kreider um, because he's from the area and yeah. they always need depth scoring. And I feel like... and Yeah, they need a... They need a is is no, Kreider a center? Way. Okay, so I think that that makes sense for Boston because I think they have Charlie Coyle mm-hmm. as their two C, and Charlie was like on the th- third line. He was like a third line winger. So I think with if they get Chris Kreider, he can slot in on that second line and then push whoever was in that spot down so that they fill that out. Because I think that Charlie Coyle is going to be you're going to pay too much. I think for a center right now because everybody wants a good center. You need like center depth yeah. in the playoffs. And um Pajot, I don't I don't know. I feel like Ottawa's been um stockpiling on draft picks. 
So whoever has draft picks available to give. Maybe Dallas, actually. That would be cool. Yeah. Or um, Colorado. I think that they would they would need that, too. Oh, my gosh. If it's Colorado, I would joke. <laughs> but I think that Dallas definitely needs, needs um, depth up front. Especially, I mean... They have skill, but, like, their top guys aren't consistent. Dallas. So, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, are their top guys even their top? Yeah, Sagan is. I mean, he just scored, like, after how many games? <laughs> Jamie Benz is <laughs> struggling. Pavelski's invisible. Like, we can. Ah, uh, like, what? what is going on with Pavelski? That's so disappointing. I Pretty good. I'm kind of interested... In what Kyle Dubas is doing, but what am I not, to be honest? <laughs> <laughs> like, when you say you're interested in what he's doing, like, with the in Leafs? General, or just <laughs> in general, with his life. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just want to know what he's up to. No. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I think that he's under a lot of pressure right now to make some sort of big deadline mm-hmm. push. Um, and what he's done so far hasn't been, I don't know... I mean, I know that he's not trying to, like, blow it all up. Um, I think we'd all be concerned if he was. But um, I just don't think that he's done anything of substance, and I wouldn't have expected that from him. He seems like a big big moves kind of guy. So I'll be interested to see if he does anything before Monday. I don't know. I feel like he did all the right like he yeah, technically did yeah. all the right things. He got Tyson Berry. He got Jake Muzzin. He, got, he has Morgan Riley. Yet the defense is. Yeah, people want him to get rid of Tyson Berry real bad. Yeah, no, I can't wait till Tyson gets out of Toronto. They're so mean to him there. They got all these defensemen, and yet like the oh defense God. is still bad. So, and like they changed the coach, <laughs> like the same thing that Babcock was saying, Sheldon Keith is saying. So it's just like, yo, what is the pro? Like, what is it? Like, you guys have everything. I feel like Kyle Dubas is losing his mind. He's like, I've given you almost everything that you've asked for, and yet we are still here. They should have gotten Gor- Gorgia from the Rangers, but whatever. They didn't want to pay that price. It sucks to be them, but... Yeah. On that note, we're moving <laughs> on. We could just got to do executive decision and shut it, <laughs> shut it down. All right. Instead of talking about the Leafs, we're going to talk about the Penguins. Guys, the Penguins are good, dot, 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 question mark? The Penguins, they thrive in chaos, and all of the injuries have been, like, the perfect situation for them. They are currently first in the Metro as we're recording this. They're probably not now because, yeah. But they are 37, 15, and 6 with 80 points. This team is not bad-ish. Kelsey talked about all the injuries. <laughs> there have been more. Zach Aston Reese is week to week with a lower body injury. Uh, Nick Bukesad is still recovering somewhere. <laughs> Who knows? Like this guy, like where has he Honestly, been? He was hurt in November. Yeah, he was hurt in November really and still not I'm not gonna here. lie, I keep forgetting um, he exists. And I'm like, oh sorry. I, Nick. Because we have not seen him. We have not seen him. Brian Dumlin's He probably he's very Brian big. Brian Dumlin skated, um, and his timetable is still, like, up in the air. But at least he skated. Um, Jake Gensel is still out. No news on him. Um, Cahoon actually just returned. He had a concussion. 
Malkin was sick uh, on Tuesday, so that sucks. And, and then John Marino, our beautiful, perfect little really? boy, um, took a puck to the face. So, okay, anyway, the Penguins are still somehow winning with all of these injuries out, or all these players out. Um, however, only in, in the month of February, they only played 13 games, which when I say only, it's like, oh, that's such a little amount. But like a lot of other teams played more. Um, and so the Pens will be making that up in March where they have 16 games and 13 of those games are against the Metro division. Now we know for sure that the Penguins pretty much clinched, um, that they're going to be in the playoffs. We just don't know which seat, um, so the, the month of March is definitely going to be very, very important for them. There's like a stretch of two weeks where they play like the Caps, the Rangers, the Canes, the Islanders, the Caps, the Flyers. Uh, that's it's probably crazy. so annoying. Like, yeah, they don't have to like be on. It's not long flights, but just like, oh, I have to sit here for like two and a half hours. That's annoying. Yeah. I mean, I, I doubt that they like sit at the airport i think they just go up to like they have mario's private jet plane right they have a penguin's plane or the penguin's plane Eh, that's pretty much mario (laughs) 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 that's his so they have in the month of march they only have oh no they have actually a couple back-to-back so they have um the first back-to-back and it's washington carolina but that's both of those games are at home Um, so they get to, they'll be in their bed and then there's one, there's a away game in Carolina and then they have to go to new or they have to go home to, to play the Islanders. So that's pretty tough. And then they play Carolina at Carolina and then they have to go to Philly at Philly. So that'll be tough, um, with the travel. I wonder, I wonder how they'll do because California, like it's always hit or miss. Like sometimes they're out like partying and they look horrible against a bad team. Um, and then sometimes they come back and win. But I wonder if they are taking these games, not seriously, but I wonder if it's like, if it's like really important to win for them or if they're just like, you know what, we've, we've packed in some points. Like it's not going to kill us if we don't like, you know, if we don't win like two in a row, I wonder what their mindset is. I do too. I think that's interesting. And I mean, it's fun right now to be like first in the metro um but i it kind of gives me anxiety and i don't want them to be i don't want them to win the president's trophy (laughs) oh my god (laughs) neither do i I do not want them to win the president's trophy and right now tampa or in boston are fighting for that so i do not care because they're leading the league and so whoever wants to be first has to get the president's trophy I think that the Caps and the Pens are like, okay. Yeah. yeah good. <laughs> like, because that is a, look, that is a known curse. Such a curse. So I have the lineup from the last game here. Do you, like, what do you guys think of the lines? Obviously, this isn't the full long lines because Malkin's not in it. Um, the second line is Cahoon, McCann, and Russ, which normally it'll be McCann, Malkin, Russ, or... Cahoon, Malk, and Rust. I'm not sure which one um, Sullivan will go with. But are there any, like, questions, concerns, things that you would like to see changed? I really like um, Jared Buchanan. I feel like he's, like, a little... You plug him anywhere, and then, like, it just works. So really he's like kind of like a Rust. 
Yeah. Remember how like rusty? Like can plug him in anywhere. He makes yeah. that line like good. Yeah. yeah. But he can play Sunny. Uh, yeah. He can. can. Um, I am excited to see Malkin uh, come back to see how the what the third what becomes of the third line. Um, especially with Zach Aston Reese out, that was like a really dominant line of him, Tanev, and Bluger. Bluger's been playing so well. And, oh, just like that line in itself, yeah. but Bluger especially. Just I never expected him to be this good and to be this good defensively. Like I know he's good when Dmitry Filipovich brings him up uh, when, when talking about like selkie um, really? candidates. Yeah, I mean, he was like, there's no way he'll ever win. But he was just saying, <laughs> defensively, they're really good. He brought up Bluger and Zach Aston Reese. That was a little bit of a slap to the face to me. <laughs> <laughs> do Yeah, it's... it's. What do you think happens with Gensel? I don't know. I, I, I'm, It makes me nervous to think about Jake coming back because no one is saying anything. And I get that, like, you know, it hasn't been four months. <laughs> and he's most likely in between that four to six months. But we just haven't heard anything about him, and that's um, a little concerning for me. Uh, but it's it'll be really good to get Dumo back because that top pairing of uh, Johnson and Latang is just it's it's brutal to watch sometimes. Um, I'm thankful that Mul- that Crosby's back, so that Malkin um, is is put on a lot like his defensive pairing is Peterson and Schultz because <laughs> Pedersen and Schultz um, because Johnson and Latang are just. It's 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 tough to it's tough to see. It's horrifying. It's, like there are some plays where Latang looks so good, and then like he passed it to Johnson, and it's just like what? Johnson happened? is scared of the puck. I mean, he should be given how many times he scored directly into the Penguins' net. But like, honestly, yeah, <laughs> that's very true. He has to be like so. a a plant at this point. I mean, unfortunately, people seem to like him, like the other players. Oh my god, yeah. I'm just like, I was just about to say that. It's so, like, they love him, and, like, the team is just, I don't know if it's because Jim Jim Rutherford is, like, like, be more, like, be nicer to him, like, talk about him, like, (laughs) because he's an important part of the team, but, like, they'll, like, like, (laughs) they bring him up, and I'm just like, why? Like, when it was, like, American Heritage Night, he did, he took the face off, and I was like, just because you're American doesn't mean that we respect you. Like, get out of that face-off dot and bring John Marino out here. He is the American defenseman that we... Oh, He's my gosh. Chef. And Brian Dumoulin. And Brian Dumoulin. <laughs> bring both of them out and yeah. have them in the team. Or, you know <clears> what? <throat> Brian Rust is alive and well. Like, this is... He's one of our consistent forwards. Have him take the face-off. Why is it Jack Johnson? I was just disgusted. <laughs> it was truly disrespectful to America. It's fine. It was. America deserves it. (laughs) Yeah, it felt like America. It felt like America. I was like, who is this guy? Like, I don't want him there. Oh, it's American night. Yeah, Yeah. makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. But okay, ladies, anything else about the Penguins? The Penguins only, Christy? Um, I love our goalie tandem of Matt Murray and Tristan Jari. Oh, yeah, that's right. They are. Do you think they're very, very good? I love that. Do you think Tristan Jari could win? I forget the goalie award. But do you think he could win? Nah. Yeah. He's cooled down <laughs> since he went to the All Star game. He's not as dominant as he was. 
and his high danger save percentage isn't where where it was. So, but they don't they don't check that at all. I mean, I think some of the like that gets like that's voted on by the. I'm pretty sure that's voted on by the the writers, right? I thought it was voted on by the GMs. Oh, am I, if it's voted on by the GMs, I don't think enough GMs like what know about uh, Jari. I think a lot of the, they'll probably be like Vasilevsky or. One of the, like, Ben Bishop or something. He's top two in, like, goals against and save um, percentage. But how many wins does he have? Yeah. Like, I just feel like the, the like, the GMs or even the writers, they just go with who they know. Yeah, Not necessarily, true. like, who. And the fact that you have to look at how many games, like, did Jari play. Because with Matt Murray, like, it's pretty much, like, a split right now. So, like, you know, I feel like they might... He's so. won. He's won. He has won twenty of twenty nine games played. I think. I think that's wow. Right. Yes. 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 Twenty of twenty nine games played, which is not bad. But um, in terms of like wins, the top three are like Vasilevsky, Hellebuck, and Bennington. I honestly think it should go to Rask because he's winning a lot and his save percentage is good, but. All right. Well, that is it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Um, We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, something else, like wherever you like, honestly, just wherever you get your podcast. So, um, yeah, again, thanks for listening and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.